It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL Strategy Show Ownership Top Stacks Edition presented by Prize Picks. I'm Dave Lachlan at Lafayette underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D. Joined as always for the 17th straight week this season. Two more before we wrap this one up and head into the playoffs. Neil Orfield at Player QDFS breaking down a 13 game. Week 17. This is nothing though. Next week, man, it's it's every I dread it. I'm being oh, no. I completely dread the 16 game Sunday slate. 16 game Sunday slate in week 18, where we don't really know. Like some teams are out of the playoffs. What are they gonna do? That that's gonna be a messy slate. We can, I guess, appreciate that this one's a little bit less messy. I, yeah. It's definitely less mess. You, you want to talk? We were talking before the show, like are certain teams such as Jacksonville gonna treat it? Like as a preseason game, since it does nothing matters until week 18. Next week is where you might really see some guys like, you know, you, you, if the Eagles lock things up this week, we might be talking about, you know, Garner Minshew and Zach Pascal being two of the top options in week 18, just as an example of, of teams that may not have a whole lot to play for, or they lock in their seating. Uh, a lot of that can happen this week. So there's a ton of implications on the line, which makes it a really interesting slate, to say the least. Like, there's still a lot of teams that you might think are are completely dead uh, to make the playoffs, but there's still like there's still long shot opportunities for all of these. Not all of these teams. I mean, Raiders. There's still a line on them. It's 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 plus eight thousand. But you get what I'm saying here. The Saints plus two thousand. They have something to play for. Plus, they're not trying to give the Eagles that pick as high as it is, uh, that division is still uh, play up. Really, anybody in that division, Steelers, believe it or not, are 10 to 1 to make the playoffs. Patriots, plus 650. So, yeah, you have a lot of different scenarios this week that could play out in really interesting fashion. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I use the uh, the Football Outsiders playoff odds page, uh, which I've been using like for my playoff best ball just to you know make picks in when I'm, when I'm making playoff best ball picks, you got to know who's going to be in the playoffs, obviously what the odds are. They're going to be the number one seed and such, uh, but they have the Raiders having a 0% chance of making the playoffs. So maybe this is uh, adjusting for, um, you know, the, the likeliest outcome, I guess. I, I'm surprised to see that they have the Raiders with the 0% chance of making the playoffs. If they actually do have some chance, maybe this isn't as reliable for uh, actually making decisions with DFS as it is for best ball, because the teams, if they have any kind of chance, they're going to treat it like they have a chance, unfortunately. So uh, 
yeah, I guess I can't can't count out the Raiders. I was thinking that Josh Jacobs might be toast this week uh, if the Raiders have a zero percent chance, but uh, looks like they- yeah. I mean, Jacobs doesn't seem based on those post game and it doesn't seem like he wants to come back to Las Vegas. We'll see not about a, that. And he's playing against the Niners regardless, so maybe maybe not something we need to worry about all that much. Yeah. So the Raiders, it, I mean, it's highly highly unlikely. It would take a miracle. Uh, it would take a miracle, but no, it's not technically not zero percent because they they could still they could they, obviously if they lose it's over um there's a lot of ways that they can be eliminated here but technically they can still they can still get in so they got something to play for we'll yeah, see I'm, it's funny anyway. I'm, I'm looking at these and some of them like hoping that the teams you know i was thinking like new orleans well maybe they're going to be out because i'm relying on Eno benjamin of course uh in, in best ball so i'm like well maybe if new orleans is out of it uh camaro will sit but of course they have a 4.3 percent chance of making the playoffs so there's no chance that they're going to be resting Alan camara anyway we can stop talking about uh the odds we'll, we'll do it as, as we go i guess yeah man um lundo said i think jacksonville has an out car outside wild card chance uh that's interesting all right hold on let me see something here so Jacksonville to make Jacksonville. what's that? I, I mean, there Jacksonville's got a seventy-five percent chance of making the playoffs, seventy-three percent chance of being the number four seed, um, from what I'm so, seeing. Yeah, the I don't think wild card. I, I mean, I guess they could finish. What are they at right now? Eight, eight and seven or something. Uh, I think they're sitting at eight and seven. Seven and eight. Oh, they're seven and eight. Yeah. Um, so they could go nine and eight. Steelers are seven and eight. Steelers are technically still live. Uh, I, I don't think so because to get the wild card, like they, they win the, No, I don't think. So. May do you? You guys can tell me. I'm not going through all of this. Well, yesterday Ben and I did it. And it gives me a headache. Wrong. This is like the, the hardest thing for me is trying to figure out the like playoff implications of every game. For some reason, I really struggle with with trying to figure this stuff out. So I just read what other people say and you know be, f- find trusted sources to tell me who's got chances of making the playoffs and who doesn't. But Jacksonville seems like they've uh, they've got a very good chance to make the playoffs. Pathway to wild card breath, but it's unlikely after the Chargers win. There's only one scenario left where they win a spot in the postseason after losing to the Titans. So the Jaguars beat the Texans this week. Patriots have to beat the Dolphins. Seahawks have to beat the Jets. Titans have to beat the Jaguars in week 18. Jets have to beat the Dolphins. This is why, see, this is why I don't do this shit. Jets have to beat the Dolphins in week 18, and the Bills have to beat the Patriots. It's actually, it's actually not that crazy. Oh, oh, and the Ravens or the Browns have to beat the Steelers in either week 17 or 18. So there you have it. All right. All right. Well, definitely get that straight. We'll see. Hey, happy to have you guys with us. As always, hit that thumbs up as you jump in the door here. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment down below. All that stuff. Greatly appreciate it. Helps us out a ton. And if you're listening in podcast form, can't see our beautiful faces, but you can still listen. Leave a rating or review, preferably a nice one. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about all of this stuff. It, uh, it goes a long way for us, no doubt. So let's breeze through this week 16 review real quick. Pretty interesting. The Millie Maker winner had 20 lineups, uh, but the winning lineup that he had, Neil, was six players, six players from the New York Giants and Minnesota Vikings game, which is really interesting. It's even more interesting when you consider the fact that 
that game wasn't wildly high. Like it was a 51, it, it's, you know, 51 total points, you know, pretty high. But usually if you're getting that, you're getting a six player stack. You're talking Lions Seahawks earlier this season, right? Where you saw that game finish with 93 total points. That's of course an extreme outlier, but you know, 51 total points coming in right around the actual total. He had Richie James. He had Saquon Barkley. He had Daniel Jones. He had TJ Hawkinson. He had Isaiah Hodgins. He had Justin Jefferson. Uh, and then Devonta Smith, Patriots defense, and Chuba Hubbard at 1% rounded this one out. Yeah, and only one player from that Cowboys-Eagles game, Devontae Smith here. I, I'm kind of surprised that that game didn't take over as the Millie Maker winning lineup with, uh, I mean, Baker, not, not Baker, uh, sorry, uh, Minshew had a great game and was relatively chalky and uh, inexpensive. And somehow Daniel Jones still made it into the winning lineup with fewer fantasy points. Yeah, this is a, honestly, I don't mind this lineup. Like that, it was a week where we had so many uh, weather concerns that it was going to be, uh, you know, that they, uh, the, the focus on the dome game made it a little bit easier uh, to, to play, to really stack up this game. So I don't mind this lineup at all. Daniel Jones, I like pairing him with Saquon Barkley. And then, of course, he added on both Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. Looks good. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, of course, we loved last week. Honestly, everything about this lineup uh, is, these are all players that I had interest in, other than Chuba Hubbard. That one kind of surprised me. Uh, I guess he took on a bigger role, but... Uh, he did it. The, the no, week he was prior. But, but then this week, yeah, this week, uh, Deontay Foreman also had a very good game. Well, Dante Foreman was still led the team in carries. They just yeah. ran for 320 yards against the Lions. Yeah, it's nuts. I think Chuba Hubbard only had like 12 carries. Wow, and he still made it in. I mean, okay. Yeah, it's it's a great lineup. Second place was uh, Dak, Barkley, Tyler Algier. Again, how about that? C.D. Lamb, Devonta Smith. He was a he was a big point, a big one yeah. here. DJ Shark, TJ Hawkinson, Drake London, and Cowboys. So way different. Yeah, it's crazy how how different that lineup is. The only two similar players in the, in the entirety of these lineups were TJ Hawkinson and Saquon Barkley. That's it out of nine players. Yeah, it's wild. How far apart did they finish from each other? Uh, I lost it. My, my guess is it was, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, Dak had that big game to close out the week. Anyway, let's talk some running backs here. Diving into this, for those of you that are new to the show, would be odd at week 17, but we welcome you with open arms. Uh, we go running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. We talk about the chalky spots, and we're kind of just using an arbitrary number for chalk to kind of break down the guys that aren't getting a lot of ownership and the ones that are getting a decent amount. Uh, and then after that, we'll hit on top stacks. Using our top stack tool as a guide here, looking at the top stack probability, the highest owned quarterbacks, the top rated stacks, and all of that good stuff as we head into week 17. So let's kick it off at running back. Christian McCaffrey against the Raiders, you know, almost touchdown road favorites, makes a lot of sense to me this week. There's also very much, like, you can also go cheap at, at quarterback and get some pretty inexpensive stacks that are going to open things up here, which is why Barkley's 20%. I said to Ben yesterday that I liked James Conner because he's playing almost every single snap. I did not think at his current price point that he would be 18% owned. So, uh, yeah, McCaffrey, Barkley, Connor are the three highest projected owned players right now. I like all of them this week. Connor a little bit less now that he's 18% though. Yeah, I'm with you on all of them. I mean, McCaffrey, it's a great spot against this Raiders defense, bad against the pass, bad against the run. 
I expect Debo to still be out this week. So McCaffrey is just going to be, I mean, he's going to be a workhorse regardless, but maybe even uh, continues to be more so with Debo likely out once again, as I said, projected 29% ownership. We've got him optimal 35% of the time. Uh, what else do we need to say about Christian McCaffrey? He is, he's a workhorse. He's a very talented player. He's going to be highly owned. He should be highly owned. It's a great matchup. Love Saquon here. Uh, sorry, sorry. Love McCaffrey here. Saquon, I like a little bit less. It's a kind of a middling matchup with the Colts. The Giants only have a 22 implied team total. The Colts 13th against the pass, 15th against the rush in terms of DVOA per football outsider. So I would say of the three of them, I think it's actually Saquon that I like the least. I think James Conner, just given how involved he's going to be, uh, especially with Colt McCoy back, I mean, you'd think that would... Actually, no, after, after watching the last game, I guess Trace McSorley was just targeting James Conner. It seemed like any time he got in trouble, just went immediately to James Conner. If he, so if he that, couldn't get it to Greg Dortch first. Right, yeah, it's exactly right. He tried to go to Dortch. If he couldn't get it to Dortch, he'd just go straight to James Conner. Uh, so maybe it's actually a downgrade from, from a James Conner's perspective to get Colt McCoy back. But in general, I think the Cardinals should be able to d- move the ball against this Falcons defense. Of course, they only have an 18.75 implied team total. So uh, still not expected to put up many points, but you know, James Conner is kind of the engine of that offense at this point. Falcons are 30th against the pass, 23rd against the rush. Honestly, the 7,200 price tag doesn't really bother me when James Conner, I think he's a really talented running back. And when he is going to get uh, that many looks, it's, it's a great spot for James Conner. So I think I would actually rank them McCaffrey, Conner, and then Barkley of those three, but obviously all of them uh, very playable. They're all playable. And then you get to, this is a weird range, like ETN at 14%. Ramondre at 13%. We'll see what Damian Harris's status is because Ramondre is not exactly cheap. Jacob's at 10%. I have, I'm so, that, that San Francisco defense terrifies me. And Josh Jacobs is clearly disgruntled right now. And then you're getting into guys like Aaron Jones, where I, I assume that he's going to play. He plays through injuries quite often. He's always banged up. He said he was rolled up on. His ankle was rolled up on, uh, even though he, he, he was still available for that game for the rest of that game. But if this is one of those spots where it's like Aaron Jones is active, but he doesn't practice until Thursday and it's limited practices throughout the week, that will give me uh, – some real pause when it comes to figuring out whether Matt LaFleur is just going to go with a full split or go lean heavily on AJ Dillon as he's done in the past when Aaron Jones has been dealing with these nagging injuries. So that's a spot to me that uh, I'm a little bit nervous about heading into a good matchup with the Vikings. Yeah, me, uh, me too. I, I don't really want to play Aaron Jones here. I think you can still play him in like the largest field GPP. I would not play Aaron Jones anywhere else. Definitely have uh, some concern there. After last week, I mean, we didn't know anything going in that he was going to be limited. And then it turns out he was banged up, didn't really uh, have many opportunities. Maybe that benefits A.J. Dillon, though. Maybe we should have a little bit more interest in A.J. Dillon in this great matchup with the Vikings if we think Aaron Jones isn't a full go. I think I might I might buy into a little bit of A.J. Dillon. Uh, yeah, Travis Etienne against the Texans certainly makes some sense. It's a beatable defense. He should be very involved in the offense. Uh, so I don't mind him at all. Stevenson. Yeah, I think I still do. I, I was listening to your show with, uh, with Ben and sounded like Ben did not have much interest in Stevenson, but against Ben didn't have much interest in doing the show. either. That's also true. He was was half dead yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of feeling half dead this morning, to be honest. I'm like, I feel like watching it, you know, maybe Ben kind of like, had an effect on me. Now I'm feeling a little bit yeah, like it's not it good, man. Morning. It's that time of year. 
Yeah. Uh, but Stevenson, I mean, against this Dolphins defense, I think Stevenson probably the best weapon the Patriots have. Uh, the Patriots should be able to move the ball against this Dolphins defense. So honestly, I do have a little bit more interest in Stevenson than Ben does. Even if uh, Damian Harris just does come back, I think I would have some interest in Ramondre Stevenson at 6,800. He's just... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would say he's the engine of the Patriots offense coming in at 13% ownership, 14% chance of being optimal. A lot to like about Stevenson as well. I don't love Josh Jacobs uh, at 10% ownership. If he, if the ownership came way down because he's been pretty bad recently and now he gets the Niners, I would kind of expect him to be like three or 4% owned. And if he were, then I would have interest in Josh Jacobs, but if he's going to be 10% owned at 7,400 against this, uh, against this San Francisco defense, I don't think I'm going to be playing any Josh Jacobs, um, yeah, I think that's that's it for the the real chalky guys. I guess I guess Kenneth Walker coming in at 10%. I feel ownership. the same way about Walker as I do about Jacobs, though. Like 10% Walker against that Jets defense with Seattle's yeah. wheels falling off lately. I'm not particularly confident there whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. I'm with you. I, I don't love that spot either. Yeah, I mean, those are really the, uh, the, the guys that are 10% owned. We've covered pretty well. That's kind of the, the chalkier uh, options. And yeah, I think we've covered them pretty well. What about some of these less, I mean, essentially lesser owned guys. It's not to say that, you know, Walker or Jacobs are getting an insane amount of, of ownership, but they are up there in the double digits. I get down. I mean, I get down to a Leonard Fournette as, as disgusted as, as you should be. And I am with the Bucks offense. I, I think Fournette is more than viable here. Just given his responsibilities in this offense, his pass catching opportunities, uh, Rashad White's always going to be a thorn in the side, but Fournette, as we saw last week in a crucial game, was still the guy for sure. Dalvin Cook's at 8% against the clear run funnel defense in Green Bay. Sure, they got cooked by, by Minnesota's passing game and Justin Jefferson in week one, but it's in Lambeau. Interesting spot. Packers need a win here. They're actually fa- favored by several, I think like three and a half point, four point favorites against the Vikings. Uh, Cam Akers. Coming off a three-touchdown game against another run-funnel defense in the Chargers, if that game stays close. And then Sanders, what if, what, if my, what if Jalen Hurts ends up playing and they tell him not to run and Sanders ends up getting a lot of work? Who knows? I don't. It's, it's, it's week to week. Fly by the seat of your pants if you're Nick Sirianni. I do think, though, these, some of these sub-10 guys are, are very appealing this week if they stay this low or even climb lower or fall lower. I think those are all uh, interesting options. I think that Hertz is going to be out again this week based on the, the reports that we were getting this morning. It sounded like they're not expecting him to play, but regardless, I think Sanders is a, a viable play against the Saints. 21st against the rush defense. Uh, definitely have some interest in Miles Sanders. I'll add on uh, both of these Chiefs running backs. I have some interest in Pacheco and McKinnon. Of course, McKinnon's probably going to be pretty highly owned uh, just because he's done so well recently, but Pacheco against this Broncos defense that I just think has no interest in playing right now, just watching this Broncos team. I'm like, they, they have given up maybe with a new coach. Maybe they come back a little bit rejuvenated. Sometimes you see that a team looks terrible. And then just even, you know, after a coaching change, you'd expect them to be terrible. Uh, and they come back 
a little bit rejuvenated, a little bit better. But I kind of think that Kansas City won't need to throw the ball a ton against this Broncos defense, which makes me have a little bit of interest in Isaiah Pacheco uh, and maybe even Jarek McKinnon, depending on the ownership there. Um, I don't what think... reports are you seeing on Hertz that he is unlikely to play? I just read, uh, hang on one sec. It said that uh, the, the report I read said that he is likely to come back before the playoffs. They will have, I believe they will have, but they still aren't sure about the extent which the injury. Uh, is that from today? Okay. Yeah. So this is a uh, Graziano. This is a uh, underdog NFL report. Despite what the Eagles were saying publicly last week, I don't believe there was ever any consideration given to Jalen Hurts playing against the Cowboys after his shoulder injury was revealed. And once again, I'd be surprised if he played this week. This is uh, from Graziano. I can't think of what this guy's first name is, uh, but the, the latest from a beat reporter for the Eagles says that he's not expecting Hurts to play this week. I don't know how much to, to read into that. I, I kind of was 50-50, and then I read this report saying that he's uh, you know, not expecting to play this week. I'm kind of leaning towards he probably won't play. Uh, NBC reporting Hurts might not be fully recovered by the playoffs, so I think it would make sense for him to rest another week. Um, but, of course, they, they do need to win at least one of these games, so uh, who knows? But I don't know. I don't know that it really affects Miles Sanders either way. I mean, how much do you think it really affects Miles Sanders? It depends. I mean, if, if Hurts comes back and he runs, I, I don't know. I mean, probably not a ton. We've seen Sanders have some big games with Hurts. So, and, and Hurts is going to open up more lanes in the rushing game. It, it's, it's really just how much do they give Sanders the ball? You know, yeah. it's, it, at that point, at that stage of the game, it's less even who the quarterback is. It's, it's more do they, do they decide to give him the ball or not? Uh, 4% owned. I'll always take shots there. He's sub 6K. You know, the Eagles are seven point home favorites here. All of that lines up nice enough for me to take some shots. They have a 25 and a half point implied total. Uh, just looking in context to the rest of the slate, that is one of the highest that we have uh, behind only the Chiefs who are facing the, the Broncos, the Lions against the Bears, uh, and then the Packers who have the same implied total as the Eagles. They're facing uh, that awful Vikings defense. So, um, yeah. It'll be interesting, but it's definitely going to play a role in, in what we decide to do here with the Eagles uh, overall. Are there any other running backs you want to get to this week? Yeah, one one more name that I want to throw out there is Tyler Algier. Looks great in our tools. Uh, I'll start there. He is projected for 5% ownership with a 13% chance of being optimal. Uh, just looks phenomenal. And then you look at his game log. The most recent game, he had 18 carriers. That's the most he's had in a game this year. And he ran 17 routes, which is the most routes he's run in a game this year. So appears to be getting more involved late in the season, as you often see with rookies. Uh, could be, you know, some of a, somewhat of an outlier, but even the week before that, he had 17 carries, ran nine routes. So he's been very involved in the offense for the Falcons. Now they get this matchup with the Cardinals, who have a terrible defense. Uh, so just a great spot for Tyler Algier. Of course, I think you can still go to Corderell Patterson as well. He remains uh, fairly involved, but I think Ty Tyler Algier is uh, my preference there. If he's going to come in really at 5% ownership, he's another guy that I'm very interested in. Okay. Talking wide receivers here. And by the way, guys, uh, for all of you curious about how to get your foot in the door at Stochastic, you could take advantage of the three free days promo that we have. All of our NFL content completely free for three days. No strings attached whatsoever. You can take advantage of the optimal, uh, the, 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 uh, the boom bust tool, the player projections, the ownership, the top stacks tool. 
the NFL lineup generator, all that great stuff. Or, or since it's Wednesday and you'd have a couple days there without, you know, the opportunity to take really take advantage of all of those tools with only the Thursday slate in play for you, even though we've already updated a lot, all of our Sunday stuff, you could go to prizepicks.com, use the link in the description or in chat and get a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum, not just NFL, but all of our tools. So that carries you into the postseason for the NFL, carries you through the thick of the NBA season. You're talking full calendar month here, $120 value. Uh, I believe PGA is starting back up. You've got so many different avenues to take real advantage of these tools, win some money with them, and all it takes is signing up at prize picks, throwing a deposit down, however much you're comfortable with. They're offering $100 first, up to $100 first match deposit bonus. It's as much of a no-brainer as you're going to find in the event that prize picks, if you're fortunate enough, is available in your state. So all of our tools, the lineup generator uh, for NBA, NFL, if you wanted to get the Fantasy Cruncher add-on, since it's a free month, you can do that as well. Um, and you're looking at it being going, maybe, you know, you wanted to get your foot in the door, you wanted to check out our premium Discord, all of our other tools, but you just haven't been in a position to do so for one reason or another. Here's your in, simplest way to do so. And it's not like you have to sign up at a shitty site where you're only doing it to get our free projections and our free tools and our Discord. You're going over to Prize Picks where it's an awesome site. They continue to innovate. It continues to improve. You're just taking props, building lineups with those props. If you hit five of five, you're 10X. They got the six now where if you hit six, you're 25Xing. And unlike traditional props, traditional parlays and other books, if you hit four of five, you're still 2Xing. You're still making money back on 3X. You can mix as many sports as you want. I could go on forever about prize picks. They have a million different props, uh, more than sports books at this point, like such unique props that you can really find edges with, particularly the touchdown props, but there's so much more. Prize picks, link is in the description. Link is in the chat. Uh, if you want to take advantage of it, get your $100 first match deposit bonus. Get a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Right here, baby. Here's your opportunity to get your foot in the door. Come hang out and join the Stochastic family and play on a sweet site like Prize Picks. Win some money and sustain a nice bankroll. All right, let's keep it going here. Wide receivers. I'm on Russ St. Brown getting the top nod here at 18%. Tyreek Hill at 16%. Uh, concern I have with this one, of course, is that Tua is in concussion protocol right now. So if Tua does not play in this game, my assumption is Tyree Kill's ownership comes down. That isn't to say that Teddy Bridgewater can't still produce a solid game for Tyree Kill. Oh, actually, shit, dude. We have, wow, we have Teddy Bridgewater projected to start right now, which is what I would hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we still have two of the 1.4%. So it looks like a hedge here. So early in the week. I don't know, man. That ownership on Tyree Kill at an exorbitant price point uh, against. New England, I'm not saying he can't do big things against any defense, but he's very expensive if Teddy Bridgewater is in the mix. Yeah, and I mean, the Dolphins only have a 19.75 implied team total. For an offense that's you know usually pretty great, that's a really low implied team total. The Patriots are third against the pass in terms of DVOA, 10th against the rush. Uh, pretty tough spot for the Dolphins. The Patriots are actually favored in this game. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit, uh, a little bit much for me if Tyreek Hill is getting... 15.5% projected ownership. I don't think I'm going to want to play a lot of Tyree Kill, especially without two out there. Of course, Teddy, I, I think Teddy's probably one of the best backup 
uh, quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So he should fill in just fine, but it's a tough spot. The implied team total is low. The ownership's a little bit too high for Tyreek for me. So I think I'd, I'll probably be under the field on Tyreek. Definitely more interest in Amon Ross St. Brown, 17.7% projected ownership, 21.4% chance to be an optimal. That game could just go off. The Bears versus Lions, these are just two very, very bad defenses uh, and capable enough offenses. I think that Amon Ra is probably going to be one of my favorite wide receivers on the slate at, you know, his ownership is high, but it's not that high. Like it's not like 30, 40% like you might expect it to be. The bears are 29th against the pass. Uh, and of course it's a game where I love, I love these kind of games where you've got good offenses versus bad defenses on both sides of the game, because just the, uh, the potential for it to completely shoot out is there. So yeah, definitely have some interest in Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, we have Christian Watson getting a fair amount of ownership. I'm not convinced that Christian Watson is going to play. Um, I guess we don't really know. We'll have to see how the reports come out. Uh, He's probably more likely to play because they need to win every game to make the playoffs. Uh, But if Christian Watson does play, I will have interest. He's only 5,900. We're projecting for 11% ownership with a 15% chance of being optimal. I'll have some interest there. Uh, Justin Jefferson looks like one of our, uh, negative leverage plays, 12% projected ownership, 7% chance of being optimal. He's done it against these Packers before, but it's definitely a run funnel defense for the Packers. So I'm not sure that Justin Jefferson is going to be involved enough to pay off this $9,500 price tag. What do you think of Jacoby Myers against this Miami defense? I love uh, yeah. I mean, he looks pretty good. 10.8% ownership, 11.8% chance of being optimal. This Dolphins defense, just not very good. As I said, the Patriots actually uh, expected to win the game. 22.25 implied team total. The Dolphins 25th against the pass. So I definitely have interest uh, in, in Jacoby Myers. I think Ben and I, Ben and I talked about it yesterday. That the I had mentioned my two favorite value options were, were Garrett Wilson and Jacoby. I love Garrett Wilson this week with Mike Whiteback. I yeah. just didn't think that Jacoby Myers would be you know, 11% on, which really isn't that high. Uh, it's really not that bad, but. Yeah, I thought he'd be a little bit lower, just just given that it's Mac Jones in New England. Uh, there, there's plenty of value out here, though. I have, if Christian Watson does play, uh, I'll certainly go to him against Minnesota. If he doesn't play, Alan Lazard looks pretty good. Uh, Romeo Dobbs even looks fine at 4,700. You're not going to be getting a ton of dirt cheap receivers. You might, you know, if you wanted to roll the dice with an Elijah Moore or a Corey Davis, I suppose that's doable. Uh, two two at well we have it eight percent that seems horrifying but uh, in that five k and four k range I think there's plenty of options to choose from. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, plenty of uh, and I wanted to throw out who was I just looking at? Uh, sorry, this is too early for me. I'm I'm in rough shape this morning. Uh, All good, man. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore looks pretty good at 5700. Project for 9.3 percent ownership, 8.1 percent chance of being optimal. Um, there was somebody else. Oh, it was actually Garrett Wilson, who, who you had just, uh, you brought him up already, but 5,500, it's almost like a, a hedge price tag for Garrett Wilson at 5,500 because he should be like 3,000 if Zach Wilson's that quarterback because he just can't get the ball to anybody. But with Mike White, I feel like Garrett Wilson should be a $6,500 wide receiver. So the I, I like that $5,500 price tag on Garrett Wilson, 12.1% project ownership, 15.8% chance of being optimal. Great matchup with the Seahawks. I like Garrett Wilson a lot at 5,500. Um, but yeah, you're right. We, we've got plenty of pretty good options in that kind of mid range, uh, the four to $5,000 range. Chris Moore looks pretty good. Once again, 7.9% projected ownership, 10.5% chance of being optimal, have some interest there. 
What do you what do you think about these Kansas City guys? I, I guess I'll, I'll say specifically Juju Smith Schuster because we just haven't seen it from MVS or you know most of these tertiary options from Kansas City so far this year. But Juju, I think, uh, is still viable at 5,600. 6.5% projected ownership, 9.4% chance to be an optimal again against this Broncos defense that just looks like they don't want to be there. Think you would uh, have any, any interest in Juju? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I have interest in this game, honestly. Like, I I think Jerry Judy, as crazy as it sounds, I think Jerry Judy at 2% is fine. Uh, I think Sutton's fine. The Chiefs have allowed 31 passing touchdowns on the season. As bad as... You know, as bad as this Broncos team is, they don't have a pulse at this point. Who knows? Maybe the coaching change makes a difference. Maybe, you know, maybe. But Russell Wilson has just been so suspect from a decision-making standpoint. Uh, the word on the street, Nathaniel Hackett said in November that he already uh, relinquished play-calling duties to Kubiak. So, you know, maybe it doesn't make a difference. Maybe he didn't relinquish play Like, maybe he still had way more of an influence uh, than we think. All, all of that, I think, is is still is still in question but i'm not opposed to to looking to this this game in its entirety 31 passing touchdowns allowed by the kansas city chiefs this year that's five more than any other team I mean, they they really have not been good and on, on the in the secondary they only have nine interceptions to 31 passing touchdowns allowed um this is one of those games where i i think you know i I don't think I'm, I'm going and stacking up Russ, although his only real decent game before he got concussed was against Kansas City uh, a That's couple true. weeks ago. This is actually a game that I'm, I'm very much interested in, especially if Judy, now that he has that elevated price point, if he is going to be 2%, I'll take some shots. I think we got Cortland Sutton at 5,100 coming in around 4 or 5%. It's ugly, but those are some spots that if this game does happen to see a lot of points could really pay off. Yeah, and I honestly, I don't think it'd be the, the craziest thing to go back to Russ. Of course, they have an under 16 implied team total, uh, so still not expected. Tua to did, in fact, suffer a concussion per head coach Mike McDaniel. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, uh, go ahead. So I, I don't think Tua is going to play this week, but uh, yeah, I think that you could stack up Russ here. Uh, we've I'm just looking at the top stacks tool, 1.8% projected ownership for Russ, 3.1% chance of being the top value stack. Uh, obviously, it's it's tough to want to play Russ uh, even against the Chiefs, but they're part of the reason that the Chiefs allow so many passing touchdowns is that teams need to throw to keep up with the Chiefs. Uh, so the Broncos probably in that same boat once again will have to be throwing throughout the game. Of course, the fifteen point seven five implied team total doesn't give me a ton of confidence, but I've done uh, I've done worse things than play uh, a Russ stack in this kind of game environment. Anybody else? I think we've covered, uh, you know, the the most interesting. Terry McLaurin actually four point seven percent projected ownership, nine point one percent chance of being optimal. But of course, he it's, it's kind of a downgrade for Terry McLaurin to get Carson Wentz back just because uh, Heineke was so interested in throwing him the ball. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to play much Terry McLaurin at sixty one hundred. Uh, yeah, we already talked about Alan Lazard a bit. 
yeah, I think we've, we've largely covered. Oh, I should throw in uh, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. All of these Jets pass catchers benefit from Mike White being the quarterback. So I think those guys are playable against the Seahawks as well as Garrett Wilson. I think Dotson's fine, actually, because yeah, Car- Carson Wentz on. early in the season, and we've seen Dotson just as a, as a legitimate red zone threat. He scored in three straight games. Uh, he's He scored... You know, you look at Wentz earlier in the year, Dotson had two in week one. He had one against Detroit the next week. Week four, he had one against Dallas. Um, he, he's definitely going to get those end zone targets, some deep shots, 4,600. What's his ownership coming in? And I can't imagine it's high. It is. I uh, just I was just looking at it. 2%, 1.7% we've got him at right now. And we've only got him at a 0.7% chance of being optimal. But, man, with the way he's been coming on, uh, if they continue using him the way they have been recently, I have to think uh, if you, you know, if you skew, skew it a little bit more uh, based on recent performances, I would expect that to be a little bit higher. All right. Who's your favorite low owned wide receiver right now? Favorite low owned wide receiver. Uh, where do you, where do you cut off ownership there? Go like five and under six and under. I mean, if Christian Watson is out, I think it might be Alan Lazar, but I also would expect his ownership to come out to come up. Sorry. Uh, honestly, I think I might go with like either Corey Davis or Elijah Moore. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of interest in these jets receivers against Seattle uh, with, with Mike white back. So I think I'd probably go to Elijah Moore I'm trying to find what his price tag is because Corey Davis like 35, is 35, 3,500. Oh, yeah. I'd probably go to Elijah Moore. All right. I like, how it. about you? Do, you? do you have a different answer there? Uh, it might be Judy or Sutton, honestly. It, it really it. might be Judy or Sutton. It's it's an ugly team. They're coming up. There's a lot of variables in play here, and maybe the offense comes out and plays well. I don't think Rashid Shahid's insane if Chris Olave's out. Olave didn't yeah. practice once last week. They ruled him out on Thursday. All right. So like you're ruling this guy out two days before the game even happens. Uh, I, I haven't seen it's still Wednesday morning for those of you guys watching after the fact. So I haven't seen any practice participation reports uh, for these teams yet. But if Olave doesn't practice today or tomorrow, Jarvis Landry's on the IR. You're looking at another Rashid Jaheed wide receiver one situation in a game with like Trey, you know, Traquan Smith and these other guys that really aren't significant. Last week, throw that out the window. It was a horrible, horrible weather game against Cleveland. Shahid, though, you know, four for 41 on five targets. Once in a while, he'll get some rushing opportunities. I think you could do worse than that at 2% as well. I, I do think there are some, some very inexpensive or just very low-owned options that, that make plenty of sense this week. Yeah, for sure. I'm just reading uh, reading chat. I see uh, the guru saying FanDuel has the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, even though it's been flexed to the Chargers-Rams. Uh, that's that's interesting. I think he means, uh, wait, the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game is in the is the Sunday Night Football game now. Yeah, so they got like fl- they yeah, 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 yeah. They got flexed. I'm sure, so. I'm sure they'll get it fixed before. I, actually, I don't know how they do it. People have already been making lineups. Whatever, that's that's their problem. Hopefully, they'll figure that out. Um, they, either fi- yeah, they either fix it or they, it's still early in the week, or they yeah. just X the game out. I mean, we, we saw it a couple of years ago. The uh, it was flexed to the uh, the Cardinals versus Seahawks game being Sunday Night Football, and they included it. They kept it on the slate, even though it was flexed to Sunday Night Football. So maybe they could do that again. All right. So we got their running back, got their wide receiver. 
Tight end looks interesting. Hit that thumbs up, too, for all of you guys watching. We're almost at 60 likes here, 220 people hanging out with us on a Wednesday late morning, 1142 here on the East Coast. I think we have to start with Travis Kelsey, who's clearly the highest-earned tight end right now. He's, he's, he's incredible. We haven't had that – the weird thing about Kelsey is as good as – as, as fantastic as he is, you really only had, you know, one or, or two games this year where you've absolutely needed him. One of them was a showdown game against the uh, – one of them was a showdown game against Las Vegas, right, where they made that comeback. He had four touchdowns, yeah. 20, 25 yards and four touchdowns. The other one was also uh, on prime time against the Chargers this season where he had the six for, for 115 and three touchdowns. That is actually insane to think about the fact that seven of his touchdowns have come in prime time in two different games. Uh, yeah, wow. How about that? Look, he's amazing, but he is very expensive. So if you're playing Kelsey, you're going to have to, you know, relinquish that opportunity to do so at other positions. Is this a spot that you think is just well worth it this week? Yeah, I mean, he's still clearly the safest option at tight end if you have 8,100. I mean, he's on a totally different pricing tier than everybody else. So it's just a matter of do you want to pay up at tight end? Travis Kelsey is certainly uh, worth the price tag. We have him project for 14% ownership, 11% chance of being optimal. Honestly, I I don't know that they're going to need to be throwing too late in the game, though. So I don't he's probably this probably is not a Travis Kelsey week for me, but of course uh, he can do it any given week. Just given the price tag, I think I'm more inclined to go a little bit lower uh, than, than play Kelsey, but obviously viable at 8,100. If you want to do a chief stack, he's probably the first player that I put into it. What, what do you think of Kelsey this week? It's kind of the same. I think every week, right. You know, as, yeah. as incredible as he is, we're still looking at a situation where you're paying 8,100 for a guy on a team that spreads the ball around. Could he have that three touchdown game? Yeah. And then you're absolutely going to need him. I just, you know, find it interesting. And like this, this doesn't really mean anything, but it is interesting. He hasn't done it yet on these, on these regular main slates. He's had good games. He's had good games, but you know, 20 from Kelsey, isn't going to win it for you on, on a main slate. 23 the week before the guy did have him in, in his Millie maker lineup. But it wasn't because $7,800 Kelsey getting 23 was the reason. It was just an insane game elsewhere. I still think Kelsey's a good play here. There's no doubt about it. But uh, you, you do risk. You, you do have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games he has, he has single-digit targets. So it, it does, I think, when you start comparing it to some of these other high-priced options in a similar, at a similar range as he does, they do. They, they don't have as good a quarterback for sure, but they do see more consistent volume. And, and I think that's the only thing where there's more concentrated offenses, but I'm just talking in circles at this point. It's Travis Kelsey. If you want to play him, play him. I, I will add though. So I feel like for much of the year, the part of the reason you want to play Kelsey is he was the only tight end who felt like he had the upside to really put up 30 fantasy points. George Kittle, baby. Kittle and Hawkinson. Like we're seeing yeah. two more tight ends kind of in that mix. And they're both a lot cheaper than than Travis Kelsey. Man, TJ Hawkinson has just been since he joined the Vikings, like he's an elite tight end. He's just targeted, you know, 10 times a game and 
putting up elite numbers every week. So I think both Kittle and Hawkinson kind of do make me a little bit less interested in Travis Kelsey, just because you can get, you know, the same kinds of opportunities significantly cheaper. Of course, Travis Kelsey's still, you know, a tier by himself, but man, Kittle and Hawkinson not far behind at this point. So that kind of takes away some of my interest in Kelsey. Kittle's always scary just because they, when they use him, they use him. And then other times they just completely forget he exists, but yeah, it's hard not to like, He's so damn good. Like, just get the man the football. I know. Why don't they just always get I, I will say, so I think I'm going to have a lot of interest in him, again, if Debo Samuel is out. So similar to Christian McCaffrey, uh, we, we saw Kittle have uh, his huge game last week with Debo out. I do think that they're more inclined to go to him when they don't have Debo there. just takes away one of their weapons. So I think it's more likely that Kittle is going to have a big game if Debo is out. I'll still have some interest if Debo's back uh, just because they are playing the Raiders and he is still George Kittle. The Raiders are 32nd against the pass in terms of DVOA. It's a great spot regardless, but if Debo is out, I'm definitely going to have a lot of interest uh, in Kittle. If Debo's back in, you know, I'll still have some interest, but it won't be quite the same level. Yeah, look, he has 27% target share over the last two weeks. Granted, this isn't a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. So that's still, <coughs> excuse me, still getting over the sickness. That's still only 13 targets. Uh, so I, I think we obviously consider, I, I want to factor that in. So, you know, five targets and eight targets with Debo out. But then at the same time, they just went up so early on, on, on uh, Washington, or they, 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 they cruised past Washington uh, against Seattle. That was what? a 21-13 game, but it was never really competitive. Seattle scored that garbage time touchdown, and and then San Francisco just kind of milked the clock for the latter stages of that game. I'm with you. I like Kittle. He he still has a low floor, though. I, I don't think there's any denying, even with Debo out. They still have Ayuk. They still have Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Yeah, still plenty of weapons for San Francisco. So, yeah, the, the floor is definitely there, but – Love the matchup and, of course, uh, would expect more if, if Debo is out. So not the safest play in the world, but uh, he's been playing out of his mind lately, and I wouldn't be surprised if he continues it against this Raiders defense. Shit, I'll go right back to Evan Ingram this week too. I, yeah. I, I really have no problem going back to, to Evan Ingram. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. He's already getting pretty close to being a stud. 33 targets, 33 targets over the last three games for – for Evan Ingram, I'm just looking at this now, trying to see what his target share is. So uh, wow. over the last three weeks, 29% target share for Evan Ingram. Pretty and nice. 4,400 against yeah. the Texans defense. Yeah, I'm with you. And looks good in the boom bust tool. 8% ownership, 12.5% chance of being optimal. Definitely a spot you can go back to when he's just been, he's been looking so good. Trevor's looking his way. Trevor's been looking so good. Uh, yeah, this could be, could be becoming a, a pretty great uh, battery here with, Trevor and Evan Ingram. Do you uh, have any interest in Cole Komet in a 52 point implied total game? I do. So I think that I have interest in uh, potentially stacking up Justin Fields with Cole Komet. I mean, you, you can play Cole Komet, Cole Komet naked too, but I think I'm uh, definitely inclined to go to some Justin Fields stacks with Cole Komet just because this game could go completely off. And of course, Cole Komet fills that tight end position, which of course, as we're talking about it, it's looking better than it uh, was looking mid season. It looked like it was looking like tight ends were just failing every single week and you just had to fill it in. Now we actually have some pretty decent options, uh, but still it's uh, a relatively weak position. So if you can fill that uh, position in your bears stacks, that's going to look really good. But even, you know, you could play Cole Komet naked as 
well. Coming in at 7% projected ownership, 8.4% chance of being optimal against this Lions defense. Yeah, I have some interest there. Me too. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think Conklin, too, is fine. I think, what is he, below 3K now? With Mike yeah, White back good. in the mix? Yeah, 2900 It's not exciting, but he's close to minimum salary. We've seen Mike White look, look his way. Uh, they should be more passing-centric in a spot like this, or maybe not even more passing centric, but just have more offensive plays. You know, that's the thing when you're, doesn't matter if you're a balanced offense, if you're stalling out at your own 30, every single drive, you're just not going to get a lot. You're just not going to see as many plays, uh, you know, in a case like this Conklin in those last two games that white started had 15 combined targets. I have no problem with that. I don't even count the Chicago game because they went up so early and at no point was that game even remotely competitive in Mike White's first start. But yeah, I actually don't have any issues with Conklin here. Looking at the snap counts for, for these teams. I, yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson, Strevler comes in for him the week before that they run a lot of plays the last two weeks, but they were all just last gasp garbage and th- this is this is not a, a good team. So, uh, yeah. Or sorry, good team with Wilson or Chris Strebler at the helm. With Mike White, believe it or not, makes a pretty damn big difference in this spot. Anybody else you like at tight end? Yeah, I just put up the numbers for Logan Thomas. I think he could benefit from Carson Wentz returning. Uh, Logan Thomas did have eight uh, targets in the most recent game. He's been running around 80% of routes for the commanders uh eight targets and three targets the past two game i think that i do have some interest in logan thomas here um there there's so many every week i'm 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 surprised by how many tight ends i kind of like when i look at a week to week hunter henry is only three thousand going up against miami coming in at 3.1 percent projected ownership 5.3 percent chance to be an optimal i have a little bit of interest in hunter henry Man, Robert Tunyon, I feel like it, it's a trap that I keep falling for, but he's playing against the Vikings. He's only 3,600, uh, 1.6% projected ownership, 3% chance of being optimal. I do have some interest in Robert Tunyon once again. I don't know what to make of Darren Waller. He's only 4,300. Um, scored a touchdown in his first game back. What is, what is his... Uh, one second. Yeah, I'd honestly just rather play Evan Ingram. I, I, at this point... It's, it's hard. Yeah. Waller played 49 and 40% of snaps in the first two weeks. Yeah. San Francisco's defense is suffocating. I get it. Ben asked the same question. Ben was talking about Waller yesterday. I wouldn't fault you for doing it at that price point. Yeah. It's just the price point that's tempting. But you're right. It's a, it's a terrible spot. He's still not fully involved. Yeah. It's a little bit tough to get there. I mean, this guy was playing 80% of snaps early in the season and then. Now 49 and then less snaps the, the week after that. I don't know. Of course, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that, that's a little bit concerning. Let's talk some top stacks here. I'm really interested to get your opinion on the top stacks because you're talking about now nobody really pulling away with it. A lot of weeks we have these huge top stack probabilities, but this week 
We don't. It's pretty flat. You have a lot of games. So let's dive into that. Before we do that, uh, I told you guys about prize picks. Uh, for all 260 of you watching right now and all of you who watch after the fact, if you're going, man, I prize picks, I can't play it here because it's a legal betting state. Uh, I really wanted that first, that free month of stochastic. Like I've been wanting to get in on the tools. I, you, I'm not going to go through all of the tools again because you already know how many we have. Uh, if you have two minutes, if you have two minutes to set aside, right, that literally two minutes to sign. And, and if you have two minutes in one hand, and 10 bucks in the other hand, that turns into $240. Boom, like that. You're essentially making $230 in two minutes. 150, or yeah, because minus 10, $115 a minute. Not to mention, I'm talking BetMGM, that it's more than that because if you put $10 in at BetMGM using the link in the description or in the, uh, in the chat, if you lose your first bet, that first bet, which, by the way, gets you two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, all of our tools for every sport. If you lose that first bet up to $1,000, you get it all back in free bets. That's right. You say, okay, I got 10 bucks, or maybe you got 100. Maybe you want to go all out. You want to go 1,000. Doesn't matter. Low is 10, high is 1,000. That first bet loses, you're getting it all back in free bets. And if it wins, well, you win your money. And you get two free months of everything we have on our site, including our premium discord, including the NBA NFL lineup generator. And you can get the fantasy cruncher add on. And if it loses, you get the money back and you still get the two free months. It's not either or it's everything legit. No brainer here. You actually don't need a brain to make this decision. Plus we'd love to have you come check out all our tools, join the family and hopefully win enough money, win enough. See, this isn't easy. This is easy, right? Like, we would love for you to win enough money with our tools to, to where you go, hey, I'd love to stay. Right? If you're wondering like, man, this seems too good to be true. It's not. We have confidence that you're going to win with our tools. And in doing so, we'd like to give you two free months when you sign up at BetMGM. So you stick around after that. Why would you not? If you're winning a ton of money, it'll be well worth the $10. And if it's not, you're only down 10 bucks. So links in the description and in the chat. Check it out if you haven't done so yet. All right. Top stacks, Neil. Top stack probability. 11% KC. This is the top stacks tool on our site, if you're wondering. Chargers, 10%. Detroit, 9 Minnesota, 8 Miami, 8 Philly, 7 Really flat this week. Really flat this week, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to decide who I like the best. I mean, Detroit obviously looks great uh, if, you, if you sort by rating. They have the highest rating by far uh, projected for 5.2% ownership for Jared Goff with a 9.3% chance of being the top stack, 8.7% chance of being the top value stack. Pretty easy to want to pair uh, Jared Goff with Amon Ross St. Brown. And then there are a few other options you could throw in there as well. Yeah, it, it is like none of these stacks really stand out as far and away my favorite stack here, but there are a number that I have interest in. Uh, obviously, I, I like both of the quarterbacks in that game. Uh, Justin Fields doesn't look good from a top stacks perspective, just because it's hard to find a second receiver that you really want to stack with Justin Fields. You went with uh, Valus Jones at this point. I don't know uh, who, who you even want to. I, I guess Chase Claypool maybe is going to be back for this game. So maybe you could include him there. I've, I've been trying that with Justin Fields has not been working out, but maybe this Detroit defense is just what he needs. But I have interest in Justin Fields. Like he's just 
we've seen that he has the capability of putting up 35 fantasy points in a game. This is a great matchup with Detroit. He's only projected for 3.5% ownership. Uh, as I said, doesn't look great in the top stack. Still 2.7% chance of being the top stack, 3.6% chance of being the top value stack. But still hard for me to not have some interest in playing Justin Fields. I think I'm going to want to be above the field on Justin Fields. He's actually, I'd say, one of my favorite quarterbacks uh, on the slate coming in at 3.5% ownership, just because we know he has the ability to completely go off here. So both both of those quarterbacks really interest me. And then, of course, uh, the Green Bay-Minnesota game. we got Aaron Rodgers coming in at 6.4% ownership, 6.7% chance of being the top value stack, uh, 6% chance of being the top stack just from a points perspective. As I said, I, we, we both have interest in Alan Lazard. I think I have a little bit of interest in Robert Tunyon. Of course, if Christian Watson plays, he's the number one option, probably the number one place you're going uh, in that game. So I, I like that Green Bay stack. Who, who do you like here? Who, who's your favorite stack? The, the Jets have negative leverage as far as White's ownership goes. But at the same time, we still have them. You look at our rating. We still have them as a one, two, three, four, f- top five rated stack on the slate. And you have to consider it's, it's all coming down to the value here, right? Like they have one of the highest value ratings. If you go and, and, and listen, this is, this is definitely a boomer bust type stack, I think, but Against Seattle, Seattle's looked awful lately. Mike White, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin is taking up virtually no salary at all. It's really crazy to think what it gets you. So I guess I'm kind of intrigued by that just because of what it allows me to do with the rest of this lineup. I'm not as confident in it as from just an overall, you know, top stack probability perspective. But, dude, if you stack Mike White, Garrett Wilson – Tyler Conklin, and let's just, there's a lot of cheap defenses. Let's just say you throw in um, New England against Miami. You can play whoever you want. There's a lot down here, right? That 6,700 per player remaining still. So a lot of different ways you can do it. It scares me a little bit. There's no denying that. Uh, I'm with you on everybody else that you talked about. Detroit against Chicago, I like. Jared Gospin. I mentioned the Ben yet like golf's golf has having a better fantasy season than Justin Herbert this year. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Uh, I mean, both, both how good Goff has done and also how poorly Herbert has done. He's just looked awful this year from a fantasy perspective, from a fantasy standpoint. No question. Yeah. Yeah. He's just I, been... I, I would probably go back to some Minshew here because AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and got Dallas Goddard are just, you know, these guys are that good. The offense I worry, you know, Lane Johnson being out sucks. That worries me a little bit. But uh, and then Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers stack against Minnesota. Man, if Daniel Jones can get it done, of course he has some rushing upside as well, and that plays into it, no question. But if he can get it done, this Minnesota Viking secondary is just garbage. And, and, and please take no offense to that, Neil. No, it's true. Uh, they are they are not that good. Dude, Green Bay is still not clinched the playoff spot. They're not even guaranteed to make the playoffs. Yet here we are coming into this game, and the Green Bay Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Nobody's expensive here either in the passing game. From Watson, if he plays, to Lazard, to Romeo Dobbs. You mentioned Robert Tunyon. There's a lot of cheap stacks in high total games, or at least teams with relatively high totals. I'm really interested in this week. I like it. I like the way it's setting up. Yeah, it's hard hard not to have some interest in that Green Bay stack. It's in Lambeau. They have a 25 and a half implied team total. Definitely a good stack there. Uh, 
the Vikings, you could still play against Green Bay as well, even though Green Bay does have a little bit of a run funnel defense. Where uh, Kirk Cousins project for 7.3% ownership, 7.8% chance to be in the top stack. Of course, we've seen Justin Jefferson go completely off against this Packers defense before. Um, but again, it gets pretty expensive if you want to stack up Cousins with Jefferson. Um, we, we talked about uh, Denver being somebody you could consider. It's a pretty ugly stack. You don't feel very comfortable doing it, but that's another stack you can think about doing. Yeah, we've just got a number of stacks. What about Brock Purdy against this Raiders defense? Would you do any... I mean, I talked about uh, Kittle has been doing pretty great. Maybe Brock Purdy with Kittle and McCaffrey or something like that. Do you, do you think you'd have any interest in doing a, a, a Niners stack here? With yeah, I don't think it's crazy at all. The only concern I have is that this defense plays to low passing volume offense, right? Like we, we saw Brock Purdy against Miami. He threw 37 times, but. 21, 26, 22 attempts over the last three games. Now, he's thrown multiple touchdowns in all four games that he's played. Uh, of course, coming in in relief for, for, my, for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then the last three. The only, the only concern I have is, is their defense so good that – is their defense so good that we don't need him to throw that much? And if you did stack him, yeah. would you run it back with Adams, Jacobs? What would you do? I don't even know that I would run it back necessarily just because the defense is so good. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you, you obviously could play Jacobs, but coming in at 10% ownership, I don't have a ton of interest there. So maybe I'd go to Devonte Adams. Uh, but honestly, I'm not sure that I would even run it back if I do do a Purdy stack. Uh, I think it's viable. It's not, you know, the, the best stack in the world, but just given his price tag and then Purdy also has some rushing upside. So maybe you don't even need to double stack him. Uh, I, I think I... I've talked myself into a little bit of interest in doing a Brock Purdy stack, either with either with Christian McCaffrey or George Kittle, or I guess you, you could still double stack, especially if you are including uh, McCaffrey. I think I have some interest there. Wrap it up with this. Who is your favorite low-owned stack for Week 17? Yeah, I think it's probably the Bears. I think it's probably Fields with, uh, I'll go with Komet. I think it's going to be a relatively low-owned stack that I could see having a really big game. So I'll, I'll go with uh, the Bears. How about you? Yeah, let's see. So ownership right now. Like you're not going to Cleveland or New Orleans. I don't want to go to the Rams. I have some interest in, in acres if he really is only like 4% or whatever we had him at 6%. Um, I, God, this is so gross. I might take some shots on Russell Wilson and, and that Denver stack. Yeah, I mean, it, it's disgusting, but it makes some sense. And as, as you said, it was just a few weeks ago, this exact same spot against Kansas City's defense, just a bad defense, and they're going to be throwing it. So could work out. Could. Jacksonville, 3% Lawrence ownership right now. Not a particularly expensive stack by any means against Houston. That should be a fun game. Would you agree there are a lot of contrarian ways to stack games this week? There's a ton. Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about all these low owned options. Um, there's, there's a, nobody's getting a ton of ownership, but it's, it's all spread out enough that uh, we've got a lot of contrarian options here at the low, the low end with Chicago, with Jacksonville. Uh, we've got a lot of pretty good options that are not getting even Miami. Like I might do a, might try a uh, Bridgewater stack against new England. Yeah, definitely a lot of pretty good contrarian options here. All right, Neil, we'll go heal up. Maybe, maybe take a, take a nap or something. Get, get, 
Drink some more coffee. You feeling any better? Or I'm not. Just... I'm not in rough shape like Ben was. I think I'm just tired. Like I, I, I woke yeah. up needing to sneeze, and I still have that feeling. Like I, I'm uh, kind of a little bit like stuffed up, like I want to sneeze, but I'm, I'm not really in that rough of shape. You got it. Only affects, not like Ben with the fever. Yeah, it only affects 25 percent of people. I'm one of the lucky ones. What if, does? If you stare at the sun, or like a bright light, oh, it, it makes I sneeze, you sneeze immediately. If I go outside okay. and there's it isn't sunny out, I sneeze immediately. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So maybe you just need to stare at the sun for a minute. Maybe I'll just stare at the sun. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> all right. Well, follow Neil at Player Q DFS. Check out all the showdown content he's doing, all the great stuff on the site and here on YouTube. Uh, Neil and I will be back tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Cowboys Titans should be a fun one. Yeah. And uh, what else you got going on throughout the week? Yeah. What else do I have? So I don't think I have any, I don't have any other shows today. I've got on the contrary is back this week nice. uh, with, with Alex and it's looking like we're going to have DK DFS from Twitter is going to join us. Cool, cool. Should be a good show. And then of course the Saturday strategy show with Greg uh, and then Sunday night football with Eric, I believe is still on the schedule this week. So yeah, all the usual stuff is back. Beautiful. Appreciate you guys hanging out as always. You are the best season's almost there. Let, let's, let's, let's soak it in. We're close to wrapping this one up. Remember, prize picks, if you want the free month of stochastic, you want the $100 first match deposit bonus, link in the description chat. BetMGM, two free months, takes you two minutes to sign up. Go win some money and hang out with us. That one's down there too. All you need is $10. Put, a, put it on any bet. Put it on any bet. You'll see in the description. It's simple. And we'll see you back here next week to wrap up the ownership edition of this strategy show right here on the YouTube. Peace.